This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Mike Johnston is officially the mayor of Denver, and based on his inauguration party lineup, he's got a pretty good taste in music. But what will that mean for his administration? Plus, Mayor Hancock says goodbye in the most Mayor Hancock way, and Salt Lake City is trying to start a feud with us? Producer Paul Caroli joins me to discuss that beef and all the other local stories that mattered this week. Today is Tuesday, July 18th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hi, Paul. Good morning, Bree. Good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, that's I'm, great. I'm lovely. I spent the weekend with my family, so hmm. so sweet. You did as well. Yes, my parents were in town. They're gone now, but we had a good time. We went out to Golden, the tubing in Golden. Oh, it's so beautiful. I had never been. What uh, they that that like strip of Clear Creek, and then it's so built up, and there's so many like nice little ways to drop your tube in, and I, I can't wait to go back and actually do it. Okay. I might watch my husband do that, but I don't think I would do it myself. The water's still a little high. I don't know why you wouldn't wear a helmet in there. Too many people were not. Just a little, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, no thanks. But beautiful. Um, So it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. And as usual, on Tuesdays, we kick off the show with a vibe check because this is Colorado. Vibes are literally the most important thing ever. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, Bree, what's the vibe? What's the vibe out in Denver right now? Man, I had like, again, spending time with my family was beautiful. But um, so my brother and his wife and my niece, Juniper, are moving back from Oakland. Uh, they're from, they grew up here and uh, they're just, it's time to come home and be with family. And Lovely. Yeah. And so my brother was here for some job interviews. And then on the weekend, we were looking at some places for them to rent. Um, and I have to tell you, Paul, I was really deflated. <laughs> For, oh, no. I mean, I haven't had to look for a place for a long time, right? I've been a homeowner for five years. Uh, Ten years before that, I lived in a communal home that my friend owned. So I was not in the rental market mm-hmm. um, experiencing it directly. And I will just say it was very deflating because um, every house, we're looking for a two-bedroom somewhere on the west-west side of Denver near us so we can share babysitting duties and be close to each other. At, we... Like, first of all, you go to look for a house and the people don't call you back when they do. Like, it's like, oh, there's a there's an open house today. I've never heard of. I have never for a rental for a rental. So we go to an open house for a rental and the landlord's like, there's 20 other people applying just like today. Just so you know, my God. And I was like. This is weird. So we brought the baby Uh to sway Uh someone being like, don't you want to house this beautiful baby? (laughs) 
this gorgeous look at her piercing blue eyes what if what if we don't get this what apartment? if juniper doesn't have a place to live no and and for real though that's what i felt like we were doing a little bit mm-hmm. because my brother could very well go on his own check it out fill out the application and leave but i was like let's start bring the baby mm-hmm. and um it just it was that thing where it's like oh cool can we play on someone's emotions so they rent to my brother how is this the in the year of our lord 2023 how people are getting or not getting places to live so ultimately it just bummed me out a lot because i can't wait for them to come back home but a hard part of it is going to be they're lucky they could stay with any of us there's places they could go yeah they're rooted i can't imagine if you're coming here for the first time or maybe you move you're moving here for a job but you finding a place to live is like the other lynch the linchpin and the whole thing and this is your experience i just it breaks my heart and so i don't know what that means for the future of denver but it felt very bleak to me yeah i think that's hard i mean that's the exact thing that's got so many people leaving right is yeah like, it's too hard too expensive it's too hard to find a place to live it's not just that it's expensive you're in a market competing with other people for a rental so I don't know. Yeah. I want things to be better. Well, um, that housing story is a bit of a bummer, but I, I feel like other than that, the vibe in the city is kind of, um, there's some energy here. We got a new mayor being inaugurated. New day. People are hearing us on Tuesday, but on Monday, Mike Johnston uh, was inaugurated as our first new mayor in 12 years. Which I think is a big deal. It's not just like an inauguration of, I mean, it's the 12 year thing to me. Three terms of the same person means we... We have to go, regardless of how you feel about how the election went down, who your choice was, this is who we have, right? And um, there's a lot of optimism, I think, in the city. I feel it. Do you feel it? Oh, definitely. I I, I sense optimism. I sense hope. I know a few people in my life who are just going down to the inauguration just because they're excited. Yeah. Just to see it, just to be a part of it. Like, maybe we can have... Something new, yeah. something different, and I have high hopes for that. So, and Mike Johnson has so many big, ambitious plans, like his yeah. big plan for housing to build these twenty micro communities and homelessness in his first term. Like, I can't wait to see him try this. And we're at that point where he hasn't yet made any mistakes yet. Obviously, he will. Right. We'll talk about those. But right. now, now it's just the good feelings. But what I would ask of folks is something that I've had to have a little come to Jesus with myself about, which yeah. is when you. Just now, when you just said end homelessness in his first term, the little my little in, inside voice says, oh, yeah, right. But yeah. then my bigger outside voice says, how do we support this person in doing that? How do we do that? A huge part of that is how we talk about it and how we talk to other people about it. So um, be excited if you can find out a way to get involved. If you're really in if if the homelessness crisis and the crisis of being unhoused and just this unaffordability thing is upsetting to you as it is to me and you happen to be housed securely like I am. Let's figure out ways that we can do something to help with that, whether that's support the Colorado Village Collaborative or the Dolores Project there's, there's places out there that are working on this right now already. And so I'm really looking forward to see how uh, Mayor-elect Mike Johnston continues or starts to steer the ship in his own way. Builds, and he needs feedback, too. Absolutely. I mean, he'd be the first person to tell you. He'll, he wants to hear from folks. Yeah. And so do we. I mean, we want to help keep him accountable. We want to keep this conversation going. We're obviously going to be paying attention to every step of the way. So, you know, keep listening to the show. Let us know how you feel. And maybe we'll talk to Mike about it soon. Yeah. That'd be cool. 
Hey, how you doing, CityCast? It's your boy, Joshua. I live in the Berkeley neighborhood, all right? I'm walking out of the inauguration of a newly appointed mayor. I got to say, I'm pretty energized. Yeah, you walk in there, there's a sense of newness. There's a sense that everybody, uh, that, that, that they might be able to accomplish something, and that was so fun. Uh, Bobby is the man. Uh, that poem hit me in my soul. I, I, I really liked it. Rick Williams told a joke during his Lakota blessing, and I was just hilarious to me. Uh, there was one political protester. Uh, he got his message out, and then, like on cue, the brass band just went and started playing right away. And so interesting. I would definitely say I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm energized for, uh, for this new uh, year. We'll see, we'll see how the mayor does. Uh, he's doubled down uh, on people experiencing homelessness and then trying to address that right away. Um, so uh, really cool. We'll see if he can follow through on it. Anyways, have a great day. Long-time listener. Uh, First-time caller. Bye-bye. Um, so we're saying hello to one Mike. We're also saying goodbye <laughs> to Mike, Michael Hancock, our yes. mayor of 12 years. Yes. He gave us one last little kiss goodbye yes. on Friday. I did. Bree, uh, do you want to talk about this movie? Oh, gosh, what? It, okay. It's called Denver Rising, the transform... The tra- <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe like the funniest thing he's ever done, I think. The transformational leadership of Mayor Michael B. Hancock. I mean, props to someone making a movie about themselves and just out yeah. the gate <laughs> naming it. I am the greatest person ever. Uh, but our friend uh, Kyle Clark at Nine News, you know, love him or hate him. He's talking about things that everybody's talking about. I personally love Kyle's perspective and I loved his perspective about this. So this movie was released uh, through our own public access channel, Channel 8, our Denver specific, it's a, I'm sorry, it's a city owned channel, yeah. right? Um, the mayor released this 94 minute documentary about, about himself. And um, <laughs> I just, there's, okay, okay. Uh, something interesting that Kyle pointed out the city said it could not provide an estimate of the cost of this film because city employees produced, quote, much of this on their own time. The highly produced 94 minute documentary chronicles Hancock's entire life story and features community leaders and city employees praising Hancock. My struggle here. Um, on your own time, you're going to work for the mayor on your own time. I don't think that was a choice. That doesn't feel like a choice to me. Um, I also feel a little funky about who maybe felt pressured to be in this documentary and who actually wanted to be in the documentary. So, yeah, there's a lot of city employees. There's a lot. I mean, uh, former mayor Wellington Webb is in there. Um, uh, sports analyst, uh, radio host Vic Lombardi from Altitude Been is in there. Been on our there. show, yeah. Um, longtime Hancock, like friends and allies, like Happy Haynes, Allegra Happy Haynes, a longtime you know leader mm-hmm. of the Parks Department is in there. Um, my issue with this documentary is that it is boring. <laughs> it I have is to say, so I didn't even watch it. I just watched Kyle's commentary on it because I knew whatever Kyle saw was. I knew I would feel the same way. The yeah, content. no, I don't. I don't think the kids are going to be out there this weekend doing the the Barbie Oppenheimer Michael Hancock <laughs> biopic <laughs> triple feature. But you know what? I do want to point out some things that Kyle pointed out and talk a little bit about why this frustrates me. Not only is it this weirdly self serving mm-hmm. thing that again taxpayers paid for, um, and as Kyle points out, the city gave him the copyright to the film just in case he might find it useful for future future self promotion. Hello. Uh, so when you see uh, former mayor. Michael Hancock maybe running for something else. This is great 
to show to people who don't know who you are on the national stage if you want to tell your own story, I guess. Um, but Kyle pointed out um, his legacy. He, he feels that Hancock actually left behind a legacy of personal selfishness, which I agree with. Uh, it's starting with sexually harassing his own hired security detail. I remember when that came out and thought, isn't this enough? It was not. It was not enough to, to like censure him or at all remove or, him from office. Yeah, or he got el- yeah, no. he got elected again after this. Um, but then also something else Kyle pointed out was when our mayor made national headlines by getting on an airplane the week of Thanksgiving, 2020, after he asked us all not to travel to see our families. Um, this this really bothered me as a child of a um, emergency medicine worker. My mother, Brooke, has worked in an ER for 50 years. And a lot of times I don't get to see her on the holidays because she's working. This particular holiday, she was also working because it was the middle of the pandemic. So while my mother, who was in her late 60s, was helping families in an ER, my mayor was getting on an airplane to see his own family. And that was just like... That just felt like the ultimate middle finger to all of the working people in the city. It was unbelievable to me. Yeah, I mean, just absurdly hypocritical. Uh, maybe this is the last time we'll talk about this because he's, you know, it's done. He's gone. Um, I always wondered about that, like what was going on in his life. Because that's such an extreme thing to do. He must have known that he had just... Re- and I'm, I'm trying to be devil's advocate here because I do agree with you. It's obviously hypocritical. But what what could have been happening? Like he said he was going to visit family... I don't want to speculate about his personal life, but we did know that his he was going through a difficult period with his wife. I think they've now separated. I don't know. I think that's all I got to say about that. What I would say back to you, Paul, is he's, this is about leadership. And leadership is modeling what you want to see in the world and how you lead other people. So when you are leading and you tell us one thing and you do another thing, that's bad leadership. Yeah. So He was asking us to make a sacrifice, mm-hmm. and yet he did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People in the city were making sacrifices, so... Back to Mike Johnston. Yeah, we're we're moving on. We're We're into our new Mike era. (laughs) We got a new. We got a whole new Mike, whole new Mayor Mike. Um, And we do know a little bit about. I mean, we have our first little inkling of how he's going to lead. His first act as mayor is going to be to uh, throw this cool music festival, the Denver Mm -hmm. Vibes Fest, because Mm -hmm. obviously he agrees vibes are the most important thing ever. Um, But I thought you might uh, you might have an interesting perspective on at least the lineup. I know you've organized music festivals yourself. There's some interesting acts here. This was this was at Union Station Monday evening. This is a really great. This is kind of a dream Denver lineup to me. Yeah, you think? Or a dream Colorado lineup too, because I would say the reminders around here they're Colorado Springs based. It's a really soulful, rooted hip hop group um, that have done incredible work. But like the Manana's are on here. They're an amazing sort of pop rock band. Um, with the lead singer of Naoma is now in this band, Brothers of Brass. Friends of mine played at my wedding. You can see if you were at the Taylor Swift, if you were at the Taylor Swift shows this last weekend, you probably heard Brothers of Brass after the show. They were playing for everybody. The, the headliners. We got to talk about the headliners right. here. I mean, Huge. if there are headliners, Flowbots and Isaac Slade of the Fray. Yeah. What does that say to you? I mean, those are two artists. Well, the Fray and Isaac Slade and then uh, Flowbots. Those are two groups that really put Denver on the map in the last 20 years. Like I would late say. 2000s, mm-hmm. that first decade of the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The phrase, how to, we were talking about this earlier, how to save a life was on uh, was on Grey's Anatomy was like the big breakout. <laughs> I, 
I shared this on my Twitter the other day, but Keith Garcia and I were at uh, Chef Zorba's eating dinner the other night, and I overheard two people, and How to Save a Life came on, and this guy goes, you know, I know this song, but I don't know who this is. And the lady <laughs> was like, you know what, I don't know who it is either. And it was like taking everything in me not to just like go, excuse me. It's the fray. We are five minutes from East High School where these guys, like, Mm -hmm. they're so Denver connected. And again, Flowbots, good friends of mine as well. I went to high school with Stefan and Andy, who are two of the founding members of that. Stefan now runs the 87 Foundation, which is reviving the El Chapultepec, using the El Chapultepec space as sort of a mission-driven space to bring life back to downtown in a way that embraces artists and also supports young people. So, Again, smart. This is a smart lineup. Flobot's very political act. That's People true. who only know them from no handlebars might not realize that they're so political. They're super political and they have used that. that from the moment that they began, they used that main stage to talk about issues. And they also started what became Youth on Record. They're very, very involved and it's very important to them that arts begins with young people here in, in Denver. So, but I, yeah, they are, they're super political in a cool way. And I learn a lot every time I actually like deeply listen to their music. So again, this Denver Vibes Fest, it's setting a good precedent to me. Mike Johnston and the people he's working with know how important the arts are here. Well, on that hopeful note, let's go to a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about something else. Sounds good. Hey, my name's Amanda. Oh, sorry. I just accidentally... (laughs) One of my cats is walking between my legs. Um, But I live in Cap Hill and I wanted to call in um, to the Mayor Mike Johnson hotline and say, I really liked what you guys said about Denver always being cool. I'm new, I moved in here like two years ago, and I moved here to be outside, like Bree was saying, but through listening to your podcast, there's so much more that I've discovered about Denver, and it just keeps me here and makes me want to live here forever. So thanks for all the things that you guys talk about. I love the show, and I'm going to keep listening. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Okay, we're back. We're going to be talking about a little city called Salt Lake City. Why would we be talking about Salt Lake City, Bree? <laughs> We're not talking about it because of the movie SLC Punk, which came out in the 90s and featured a Denver band. <laughs> what? I just what? had to drop that little tidbit in there. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so we're talking about Salt Lake City because uh, there is a so- there is a city cast Salt Lake as well. And uh, our colleagues over there, Emily Means and Ali Vallarta, were discussing Denver recently, Paul. And um, 
I think we should share a clip of what they were saying about the Mile High City. Did you see this like thing circulating that was like, say something nice about your nemesis city? Let's identify who our nemesis city is. It's Denver. It is. I'll just come out and say it. I don't like Denver because to me, it's just big Salt Lake City. And I think what we have going for us is that, you know, we're we're small Lake City. And so when you expand, we lose you lose the charm. Right. Except I have to point out something that you're doing here, which is that I asked you why Denver is our nemesis city. And you just told me why we're better than Denver. (laughs) But if we were so confident that we are better than Denver, they wouldn't be our nemesis city. Right. right. Like in order for a rivalry to exist, there has to be a tension. There has to be an ongoing competition to be the best, right? So if we're so sure that we're better than Denver, then why do we care? And the reason we care is because we're not. We are a deeply (laughs) insecure city. (laughs) And I hate that about us. I think it's our worst trait is that we're always like, we have this inferiority complex. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other cities. Like we're the Portland of the blah. We're We're like Denver, but more charming. And it's like, no, we're just us, okay? We're just. <sighs> but here's the thing. I'll tell you why I hate Denver and why I think Denver is our nemesis city. Denver people are constantly evangelizing their city in a way that makes me want to scream and throw a book at them. Like, because I just don't like evangelists in general, which of course is why I moved to Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like, There is something about, like, especially growing up on the East Coast, like, everyone I know, like, from high school who, like, had a rough time when we were in high school was like, I'm moving to Denver and then my life's going to get better. And then every year that I go home and see them, they're like, everything's amazing in Denver. Everything's amazing. Everything's so great. Our beer is the best and our beards are the longest and (laughs) our mountains and peaks and perfect. And have you been to the Red Rocks Amphitheater? Have you even been to the Red Rocks Amphitheater? I did and the Nuggets there. won the championship this That's year. Okay, right. fine, we get it. Yeah, and the Avalanche are good suddenly, and and it's like, can you just pump the freaking brakes? Ouch. Yeah. Yowza. That's an ouch. That's so brutal. First of all, Allie, I love you, but this perception you have of what Denver thinks it is is like the we pe- have the longest beard. I know. I was like the <laughs> the the PR of the the like the version of Denver being sold to you, bought and sold, baby. You bought that that uh that description that is does not describe pretty much anyone I know from here. <laughs> yeah, I think what she she's talking about like. I think the people like me that came here in the last ten years, like from somewhere else, and then maybe are going and and talking to the people where they grew up. Right, like, but this like, is the, the version of Denver know, they know. You're a booster of Salt Lake City. You should know when someone is telling you the veneer version, not the slightly not the deeper mm. version. Also, the Red Rocks. You guys are killing me. Nobody calls it the Red Rocks. I love you. It's the Red, Red Rocks. Rocks Amphitheater. It's Red Rocks. No one says the Red Rocks Amphitheater. Just, just so you know. How do you feel about the broader point they're making that I guess they think Denver is Salt Lake City's rival? I don't even know her. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt when I heard that was I was like, I've literally never thought about Salt Lake City that way. I I just I think it's a great place, but I'm a music person. And I that's my experience. I've had there. Right. A diabolical records. Awesome record store. Uh, my my uh, my friend Piper's brother owns Kilby Court and Urban Lounge, two amazing venues there. Will shout out Will Sartain. Um, 
that's what I know about Salt Lake City. Also, I I know I've heard from folks like they have a really awesome sort of because it's Mormon. There's a lot of awesome like late night places where you can get good drinks that are not alcoholic. And mm-hmm. so to me, it sounds like a cool place I would visit. Um, but I just never I've never heard this before. They said this. I didn't know we had a rivalry. I did not either. <laughs> I did not realize this bad. was happening. <laughs> But the funny thing that I I think it's almost like you guys are kind of sounding like Denver did 25 years ago where everybody wanted to get out of here and they wanted to go to New York or they wanted to Mm. go to L.A. or they wanted to go to Chicago. And then they would come back to Denver and go, oh, you guys don't even know what it's like. It's so cool. Else, literally anywhere else. But wherever you are, um, if you're in this, if you're a smaller city like us or Salt Lake, at some point, you become big enough where people start moving to you. And that's what happened to us in the last 25 years. Again, mm-hmm. one of this boom and bust waves, but people now started to come to Denver. And so we are that place for them. And I mean, I hate to say that. I just have never thought of you guys. Have you ever have you ever heard anyone say, I'm leaving Denver for Salt Lake City? No. <laughs> Me neither. Oh. The only people I know that have gone there is because like they got married and someone, they, their, their job was there or something. But... I unfortunately have not heard that story. I'm so sorry. But also, I just want to bring up one point. You're really getting mad at us that we're excited about the Nuggets winning the championship for the first time in our franchise's history. Let us have a moment, ladies. Well, that's just jealousy. I mean, yeah, they don't, that's they don't true. have. Oh, no, they do have an NBA team. Yeah, they have the, the Jazz. jazz. <laughs> that famous uh, Salt Lake City cultural ja- tradition, <laughs> Jazz. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But I do, you know, I I encourage you, Allie and Emily, to come here and let us show you the real Denver that you are clearly have never been in, in uh introduced to cuz we're pretty amazing. Yeah. We might have to talk this one out with them a little bit more. Yeah. But I'm sorry that you feel that way about us. I'm sorry we don't even know who you are salt lake city <laughs> uh all right well let's uh let's move on let's bring it back to uh bring it back home um we're coming up here on the end of the show and we always want to hear from you all um our brilliant and hilarious listeners about the things you care about so every tuesday we share a comment or answer one of your questions that's come through on the citycast denver hotline um, Bree, you and our producer Olivia talked to the person behind the hilarious Colfax things Instagram account. Yes, Instagram account yesterday, and you made this meme. We had so much fun with Ashley. It was hilarious. Thank I loved you. It. Um, and in fact, uh, the meme has been up for a few hours as we're recording now, Monday. Uh, I think it might be going gangbusters. I think you were right, Paul. I think we made. I made fun of you for using the term gangbusters in the script you left me. Uh huh. But what better word for what's happening right now with this meme? It's going freaking gangbusters. Absolutely bananas. <laughs> um, so I thought we might look at some comments for our listener response segment today. Yeah. So we got a lot of cool comments mm-hmm. on this. So we did this Colfax starter pack mm-hmm. where we created a meme that was like your first time on Colfax. Here are the kind of things you're going to encounter. Mm-hmm. And what really was cool that came out of it was a lot of the comments were like, that's cool. Here's my first Colfax experience. So thank. first of all, thank you all. Um Goblin Banshee writes, grew up right off East Colfax, went to East High School, so plenty of time dodging traffic on Colfax, been going to Pete's Kitchen since I was born, heart Colfax forever. Mm, I love it. 
longtime listener of the show, very, very good old friend of mine, Bailey Rose, said, I was a baby, so I don't remember, but I do appreciate this post for people who didn't grow up here. As an adult, my first time going was when I was going to school in Boulder, and my friends and I took the bus to see Mike Realm at the Bluebird, and we overserved ourselves because we snuck a hu- we stuck huge ball jars of liquor and juice on the bus with fluorescent <laughs> straws, duh, and we nice. were underage. Then we missed the bus back, even though it ran down Colfax at like 2 a.m. We were definitely the freaks. And um, then as most of us got to go about Broadway and realized we weren't going to make it, and one of our friends pulled up with a stranger and yelled out the window that she found a ride for us, so we just got in the car. (laughs) Colfax is magical. (laughs) I love that. That is the kind of thing that happens on Colfax that doesn't really happen other places in this city. Yes. Because it's got that like concentration of the businesses, the nightlife the wide sidewalk so you can just like linger outside it's, and hang out it goes back to that jane jacobs ideal of the of a good healthy city is 24 7 activity on the street by human beings and mm-hmm. colfax has that so um not only go check out the meme on our instagram at citycast denver that we made with colfax things but also read through the comments because i bet you will find someone a either someone you know or someone who has shared a very similar experience to you and that you've had also, join us this Thursday yes. for another celebration of Colfax, the biggest and best celebration we could imagine, uh, 6 p.m. at Brews Off Facts, which is this really lovely little patio behind the ice cream shop, the the tap room. We are going to be doing, uh, a, we're going to be having a live recording where we induct the first class of a Colfax Hall of Fame. Colfax Hall of Fame. So that could be a person, a place. Or a thing, something that embodies or epitomizes Colfax to you. Any era, any era of Colfax, any any part of the strip. We know this is a 26 mile long continuous main street. It's a lot. Um, but yeah, we would love to hear from you because, again, the Colfax experience is so unique to each person. Yeah. And that's our question today for the end of the show. Uh, we want to hear from you. Who would you nominate to be in the Colfax Hall of Fame? Text or leave us a voicemail at 720-500-5418. Once again, the Colfax hotline is open at 720-500-5418. Let us know. Leave us your name. Leave us your neighborhood and your pick for the Colfax Hall of Fame. I love it. Okay. I can't wait. We've already had so many interesting <laughs> nominations. I can't wait to see what people come up with. Sorry, I got distracted by this this comment from Korean Appalachian. I fell out of a shopping cart and busted my front tooth. Shout out to the nice folks at Scooter Liquors for giving me some ice and a napkin. <laughs> hey, shout out to Scooter Liquors is the name of my first cat. Scooter was named after that liquor store, which oh, you could really? see from my apartment. Well, maybe Scooter Liquor should be in the Colfax Hall of Fame. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to Thursday, Paul. Yeah, me too. Me we too. hope to see you out there. Come say hi. All right. Thanks. See you, see you tomorrow, Bree. Sounds good. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell Mayor Michael Hancock's film producer about us? Rate the show five stars wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. But I will say one nice thing about Denver is uh, 
I mean, they have way more modern illicit substance laws. <laughs> okay, I really thought you were going to go the public transit route. 